Yes, praise God. Good morning, everyone. Hi, everybody online, listening on podcasts. I'm happy to have you here. What a blessing. Well, praise the Lord. I have um, the privilege today of going into the ninth topic uh, in our Creed series as we examine the Apostles' Creed. Uh, we, of course, have used Pastor Walt's book as a guide, a model, uh, Living the Apostles' Creed. I love the title because the whole point is that we live this out. And um, if you haven't picked up a copy, we really recommend it. Uh, these are for sale outside the church when we're done. Uh, we have other messages earlier in the creed here that are foundational that we can't go over today. So you may want to listen to those if you haven't heard them already. So we're in the middle of this creed series. So let me read it to you and stop it where we're at to get some perspective here. Uh, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he arose again. He ascended into heaven, and uh, did I say descended? I hope I got that right. It, then he ascended, okay, into heaven. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. And that's where we're at today. My topic today is the Holy Catholic Church and the communion of saints. So let's just pray here. Father God, we thank you for um, what we believe, that we would know, Lord, why we believe what we believe. That, Father God, we would live out the beliefs that we must have as believers to be considered believers. Give us light today, Father, uh, that I would not interfere with what you would say to people's hearts, and that, Lord God, we would uh, leave here greater than when we first came in. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So we have here <clears throat> Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. Actually, we have two separate topics here, but they're related, closely related. Uh, and you've got to remember, we're reading what is essential to be considered a believer. Only God knows what's in people's hearts and eternities, but the Lord's church has every reason to say, are these Christians or are they not? And if they don't believe these things, they're not believers. This side of heaven, uh, it's a very serious question. In the first few centuries, there was so much heretical teaching. And of course, today, nothing's different. There's a lot of heretical teaching. Uh, the church needs to know who's the church by what we profess out of our mouths. It's a very serious issue. And uh, so this is here something that's essential for us to believe. Right there with Jesus raised from the dead. Wow. This is a, just as an essential issue, the Holy Catholic Church and communion of saints. So before we go any further, we need to kind of like clarify some things here because the phrase Holy Catholic Church can stumble some people. So the word Catholic does not mean Roman Catholic Church. Roman Catholic Church is a denomination. That is not what that means. The word Catholic here comes from the Greek, and it means concerning the whole. So in other words, it means the universal church, the whole church, unseen by the naked eye, the spiritual church, uh, encompassing all the Christian church over all the centuries. Uh, like we have the local church. You are a local church. I see you. You see me. Hey. But the supernatural church, the universal church, you can't see with your eyes. I can't see with my eyes who is a believer and who is not. For example, on a Sunday morning, 
uh, you wouldn't, it would be an error on my part if I, believe, if I believed that everyone here was a believer. That would be ridiculous. There's also something called the crowd. Believers come here on a Sunday morning, but the crowd comes too. Maybe they're not believers. Maybe they've got their toes in the water and they're testing the water, see what it's like. Uh, maybe they're Jewish folks coming to check things out, see what these churches are like. Uh, maybe it's just people who don't know Christ as their Savior visiting the church. I want to get close to God. What would I, I guess I've got to go to church. So they come to a church. So you would never assume everyone here is a believer. That would be an error on my part. There's the crowd attached to us. So I'm not looking at, with my eyes, the Lord's church. The Lord's church is spiritual. It's supernatural. It's, it's an unseen with the naked eye. And so let's start with that here. Your first fill in the blank for those of you who are using those. They're great. Uh, let's begin with the Holy Catholic Church. The word here in the New Testament Greek for church is ekklesia, which means the called out ones. So when we say church, we mean ekklesia, those who are like uh, listening and don't have a visual. It's E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A, ekklesia, the called out ones. In the Greek culture, it meant those who are an assembly of people who could vote on governmental issues. So here the Apostle Paul uses a word like this to show that we're an assembly of people, but we're gathering together as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ to be God's people. So the Lord's church is an assembly of people, not seen with the human eye, but those who have a name known in heaven. The Lord knows who his church is and who here on this earth is his church. Isn't that good to know that we have a name known in heaven rather than a name known among men? I'll take that any day. Praise God. That's good news. So here we are, the Lord's church. So to those who don't know Christ as their Savior, this is foolishness. Why would you do something like this? Let's stay at home and make pancakes and watch football. Why would you do this? But to those who are in the Lord, this is the power of God at work on earth. There's more here than just people gathering together and warming a seat. We're the power of God gathering together. So you've got to remember, ecclesia among the Greeks were relating to a group of people coming together for governmental issues, perhaps to vote. Isn't that interesting? You and I, us together, we're God's government, literally, here on earth. That's an amazing thing. We are a governmental group. Interesting, Paul chose that word. The Lord's church is his government here placed by Holy Spirit. That's a big wow. You've got to get that. Wow, that is an amazing thing. So here we have this in the Apostles' Creed that we are believing and declaring the fact that we represent God here on this earth. That's why this is so important. Um, as the world treats the church, so it treats Jesus. How about that? You can't treat Jesus any different if you don't treat his church right. It's impossible. They're that connected. So God puts his stamp of approval on us as we become this holy entity among the human race, a holy Catholic universal assembly of called out ones from the world. So how do I live out this aspect of the Apostles' Creed? Glad you asked. Uh, this is important because is this how I see myself? I need to see myself this, this way, that I'm called out from the world not to be like them. I might look like them, hope I don't smell like them, but oh well, what are you going to do? 
but I should be called out from them to be something special, God's government here on the earth. And um, that's why we uh, confess this creed. That's why we would believe this creed. Uh, if I'm going to believe in it, then I'm going to act this way. I'm going to act in a way of the, what, of what I believe. I need to see myself this way. That I'm uh, not attending the Church of Grace and Peace only, a member of the Church of Grace and Peace only. I'm a member of God's government here on this earth. And God does not move on the earth without his church being involved in some capacity. That's an amazing thought. Yes, God is God, he'll do what he wants to, but he doesn't do it apart from his church. You know, for example, even when we just pray the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on this earth as it's already being done in heaven, right? Your mouths are declaring a path for God to come and intervene in human affairs. That's heavy stuff. We're his covenant partners, and we are invited to co-labor with him in his field. We are the actual pathway that makes it legally possible in the spirit realm for him to act. That is amazing. Like, for example, if I pray the Lord's Prayer, we can't go in detail on it today, but I'll go and, 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 and use that for ways to do what it says. So when I pray, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on this earth as already being done in heaven, I will add, and Lord, may your will be done here as it's being done in heaven in the United States of America. And for those who are opposed to your will, may it shame and frustrate them. I'm not praying that they die. Don't get me wrong. No, we don't want to go there. But I, but I do pray that their, their will that is contrary to the Lord's will would be frustrated and would become the naught. That, what am I doing? I am declaring, I'm being used by God as an avenue to declare God's will here on this earth through my mouth. I'm physically here, therefore I have physical authority. We're the, all the same way. When we pray, you're God's pathway to move on this earth. And we're trying to figure out how he does it. We just let him do it. But you're involved in some capacity. The church is that serious. So we have become his le spiritual legal path for him to work. So, wow, how God has used us, how God has honored us to be used of him in our generation. That's why in Romans, Paul says, blessed are the feet of them that bring good news. That's you and me. I know no one got up this morning, put the foot over the bed, and went, hello, piggies, blessed are the feet of you that bring good news. You could do that. You wouldn't be wrong. You'd be very odd, but you wouldn't be wrong. There are odd people out there. It's okay. It's okay to be odd. But it's, it's true. Where you go, the government of God walks. When you walk into the room, light walks into the room because you're the government of God that just walked into that room. But you got to see yourself that way. You're just not anybody. You're not a mere mortal anymore. You've got to see yourself that way. Our citizenship is in heaven. Here I'm his representative. I walk in his authority. That's why when you see people, they don't know you, and all of a sudden they don't like you, it's because they don't like the light of God on you, and they're running from it. But when you meet people and you don't know them, and they gravitate towards you, it's because they see the light of God, and they want the Lord in their lives, and they don't understand why. There's things happening in the spirit realm. Your presence means everything because you're God's government. And here, of course, when we're together, we are the government of God coming together. That's a heavy thing. That's why when we have special prayer services, you want to run to them. The government's being called to act. 
when we have that prayer call on, on, at 6 p.m., if you can join in on your phones and pray, the government of God showed up to declare his will. It's that serious. We have to see beyond what our natural mind can understand. You're a spirit being. You do spiritual things. You, you live and act in the spirit realm. And that's what we are as this assembly of believers. So um, by having the Apostles' Creed here, we're believing and declaring the fact that we represent God on this earth. So, you know, as the world treats us, it treats Jesus. We need to remember that, you know, Jesus is the head of this invisible church that we can't see. And this becomes then a holy church. Remember holy, Catholic? It becomes a holy church because the head is holy. If the head is holy, then the whole body becomes holy. And then all of us are consecrated to serve him. In your sheet there, you have a memory scripture if you want to look at it, because it's a really important one. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. This is, again, how we have to see ourselves. For you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. That's you and me. Am I thinking of myself this way? I need to. Very important that we see ourselves as God sees us. We start talking about ourselves as God talks about us. We start believing on us because the world ain't going to tell you this. They're going to tell you all the reasons why you're a loser. They lie. You now have entered into royalty. You now have become God's very priest. And this world sees it as meaningless. But this is the real truth that they can't see with their natural eyes and natural minds. You are made, made special now when you come to the Lord. So the word holy here is so difficult for us to comprehend. Uh, it means something set totally apart from everything else and unapproachable. How about that? Something that's altogether separate as special. That's what we've become. Um, you know, just, um, just based on the ability God has given us, you know, we can pray and intercede on others' behalf. Wow, for God to move? That makes us really special. When you could pray for someone's needs and the, you will get the Lord's attention because you're the one praying. Wow. So this is a holy place that we hold before God. This, whole, I mean, this building isn't holy because it's built like a church. Because you enter it, you make it holy. Really got to get that. This altar here, it's just carpet and wood. But this is a holy place here. God does things here supernaturally. We've had people healed here. We've had people set free from drug addiction, alcohol addiction. We've had marriages healed here just by being at the altar. Uh, God has healed minds that have been trapped and, 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 and held into, into difficulties. Set them free. God does things at an altar because it's a holy place. Because we gather and make it a holy place for the Lord to move. I remember one year we had a lady sitting second or third row there. And during worship service, she had really serious lower back problems. It was off and on. This time it was really bad. And just in the middle of the worship service, she's instantaneously healed. And it never returned, the problem. Never. God does something holy because, not because the music was real good or people were, it was because the holiness was in the room because you're here. 
And the, 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 the government of God was here. And then God moved. That's an amazing, amazing thing. Um, so I am to believe and confess with my mouth this holy Catholic universal church. The believer is part of this holy assembly. And he's called out by the Holy Spirit to be God's very government, to move, that he moves on this earth, so that, it would, that his will would be established in our generation. Again, I say W-O-W. Wow. I'm amazed. Let's move on here as we look at the communion of saints that is so closely related to this. And in this holy, universal Catholic church, as we read on here in the creed, we have the communion of saints. That is its spiritual members of this assembly. Um, as I had said in the beginning here, it's related to the Holy Catholic Church. And out of this holy, invisible church that you can't see, there's members. Um, again, we have to look at some definitions here because words here in our English, American traditions can really confuse us biblically. The word here for communion um, we always think in terms of communion as grape juice and, and bread and we're in Lord's Supper. Yeah, yeah, I get that, but it's far more than that. The word communion here in the New Testament Greek is the word koinonia. I think that's in one of your fill in the blanks there. Koinonia, really important word, and it means an association, a partnership, a sharing in a fellowship. So these communion of saints are believers who have a common spiritual association that's special that this world cannot know. It's so special that we're closely related in the spirit realm, and we use the expression brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, you don't have my mama. I don't have your mama. We're not related, yet we are in the spirit realm. We are so closely related. We have to look at ourselves as brothers and sisters in Christ. So when we say brothers and sisters in Christ, we're really saying the communion of saints. Not wild. So we have this word saint, and that's another stumbling word for so many people because we always think of it in Roman Catholic terms. That's not what this means. We need to remember in the New Testament Greek, the word saint simply means holy ones. Holy ones. That's all it means. So that is when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, um, we, and we believe on him, we become holy in God's eyes. Thus, the English word, the saints. Not the football team, the saints. We are a group of holy ones gathering together. I know you don't sit, think of yourself as, oh, I'm a holy one. But you need to think of yourself like that. You get my point? We need to start to see ourselves as God sees us. You're not a mere mortal anymore. Your physical body may belong but you are something different now in the spirit realm. You're a holy one before God because Jesus has made us holy. The greatest compliment I could pay you is the saints, the holy ones, the brothers and sisters in Christ. That's an extremely high compliment that you could give someone. Like it meant something in, in, in Paul's day to be called a Roman citizen. That meant like, you know, that was your gold master card. That meant everything. But we need to realize that's how we should look at ourselves today. We're holy ones. I think if we start to look at ourselves that way, we're going to live different, make different decisions of how we do, spend our time, our money, our lives. We're going to want to live out as holy ones. So then this communion of saints, this is a spiritual fellowship these believers have with one another 
as the holy ones gathered together here in an assembly. So, when I, so for me, when I look out from a platform like this on you, I know some of you are really good-looking people, but when I look at you, I see the communion of saints. I see the holy ones. I'm not looking at it in the natural eye, but I'm looking at it in the spirit realm. I'm not called to know you after the flesh. I'm called to know you in the spirit. Good-looking as you may be, I'm called to know you in the spirit. Amen. So, this isn't, of course, just for the day we live in. But we share something with believers all through the centuries that we are one communion of saints and that we're going to be connected together for eternity, something my mind cannot comprehend. It's beyond my comprehension what that could mean. Isn't that wild? So one connection that we have is that this is a holy connection. And we, so how do we live out this aspect of the Apostles' Creed when we're talking about this? We should have, as a communion of saints, we should have a, a care for one another. We should live out as a care for one another, that you're important to me. I should uh, have all this motivated by love. We should have a true motivation of love for each other. I should care for my brothers and sisters in Christ more than I should care for myself. And God's given me the supernatural ability to do this as well as you. Yes, we want to be nice to one another, help one another, go out of our way to, to, be, to feed and, and be kind. But prayer is the greatest supernatural ability we've been given for one another to show our love. If I have a choice between someone who does nice things for me but won't pray for me, or someone who will pray for me and, and can't do nice things, I'll take the prayer every day. Someone who can speak a word to Jesus, their Savior, on my behalf, that's solid gold. That is the supernatural ability we all have. Uh, I hate it what our governor said uh, during this entire COVID season. We need more than prayer. No, dude, that's what you need the most of. You're blind in the spirit realm. That's why you don't see that. That's why you say that out of your mouth. We need that. Prayer is the most important thing we need. The most important. The most important. I should care for uh, someone else in another country who's suffering for being a Christian. And I should pray for them. I should give my money to help them. I should do whatever I can do in the natural to help them. Yet they're total strangers to me. They're from a country I don't know about. They speak a language I don't speak. They have a customs that I don't know of. And I, that I don't even understand. But yet in Christ, they're not strangers to me. They're my brothers and sisters in the spirit realm. I must care. How can I not care? I would want them to care for me. Why must I not, why should I not care for them as well? You know, we are the body of Christ, even though we're on different ethnicities, different races, different uh, types of uh, customs all over the world, but we're the body of Christ. And that means everything. You know, I heard this years ago, I assume it's still being done, when sometimes missionaries go to talk with other people in other countries that are believers, but they don't speak the same language, they take out their Bibles and they go through Bible verses to communicate. Blessings unto you. They show them a verse, ah, oh, blessings unto me. And they, in their own languages, they, they communicate through Bible verses. That's really cool. I learned that from Brother Andrew, uh, whose who ministry this church supports, the Open Doors, that's, that started with smuggling Bibles into communist countries. They would communicate by just Bible verses because they had the same Bible. Pretty wild. So, so we're not strangers. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Are we getting this? This is the communion of saints. 
I must care for you. It's not an option. If I, if I say to Jesus, I love you, but don't show that love to you, I don't love Jesus at all. That's what it really comes down to. It's in the same creed. It's this, one is associated with the other. I can't have one without the other. I must care for the body of Christ. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4 here in verses 1 to 3, Paul tells us, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. This speaks to us, first of all, of spiritual unity. We must, as the Lord's people, walk in a humility, not of pride in what I think I've obtained or what achievements I think I've obtained. I know more than you do. I've been to Bible school. No, that means nothing. We don't look at somebody else that we are better than them. Yet in humility, I should consider you more important than myself. Uh, here Paul shows us that um, as we are being in the body of Christ, it's in the natural where we rub shoulders together, right? Real growth doesn't happen here on a Sunday. It happens what you do during the week, especially when believers get together. Rubbing shoulders with one another really is what causes us to grow in Christ. Why? Because I have to be patient with one another. I have to forgive one another. That has to be my true motivation of love being seen. Not that, oh, here they come down the hall, I'll go the other way. No, they're important because Jesus says they're important. Where we rub shoulders with one another, where we disappoint one another, have to forgive one another. We're learning how to be the body of Christ. Because we're starting to learn to, I love this person because of the spirit realm of why they're so important here. So we see here that unity of the spirit is something Paul says that we should keep. Keep the unity of the spirit and maintain it. Why? Because it's so easy to lose it. Gosh, so many churches today are so prideful. They don't want to talk to each other. Or a person goes to another church and now they don't want to talk to people in this church because they're in a different church. What are you doing? My gosh, we're, we're a body of believers, not uh, uh, separated by names on doors or, or, or campuses. Uh, you know, it tells us here, Paul says, in the bond of peace. This is not a physical unity we maintain. It's a spiritual unity. Hey, hey other churches, they could have different customs that I have. It's none of my business. I don't care. They might do things different. So What? Are they proclaiming their belief in Christ? Then they're my brother and sister in Christ. I must recognize that and treat them that way to maintain the unity of the Spirit. Even if they're immature about it, who cares? Gosh, who, who, who's attained anything, right? We're all growing in Christ, right? So it's very important that we maintain a spiritual unity that we have to have with one another. Tell you a story. It happened more than once here at Grace and Peace. First, it was from Pastor Walt, but we've done the same thing after Pastor Walt. Um, some years back, I don't remember exactly when, uh, we had, as a church, we give. You give, we give as a church. The elders, the trustees make decisions of where finances go. So as a church, we want to give. Promote the gospel outside of these, I don't know, eight walls, whatever it is. We want to, you know, I always forget if it's six or eight. It's an eight, right? Okay. We want to, geometry, uh, we, we want to um, see the body of Christ blessed beyond our walls. So 
every now and then we have a larger amount of money to give away than we normally do. Hey, great. So Walt had an idea one year, Pastor Walt, let's give to some life-giving churches in this area just a gift to bless them from the Church of Grace and Peace's people. So we started giving these, the checks were in the thousands. We started giving these checks to, I think it was 10 churches. And then we did it again after Pastor Walt went home to be with the Lord. And we gave checks away just to bless other churches. You wouldn't believe the response we got. They were like, why are you doing this? Maybe we love you. Maybe we want to see the body of Christ advanced. Huh? I mean, they were like, they didn't know what to do with the money. You don't know what to do with the money? You got to be kidding me. You're a church. You have to know what to do with the money. Uh, they had the oddest reactions. Some uh, just, uh, some were, especially if they had very little money, they were extremely grateful for what we gave them. And others were just like, why are they doing this? Maybe we're trying to maintain the bond of, of the union of spirit and peace here, huh? Incredible, the reaction we got from some of them. Some of them barely acknowledged it because they didn't know what to say. I'm like, we had extra money. You're the body of Christ. Hey, I think it should go here in Ocean County to bless the church here in Ocean County. What do you think? That's not how they thought. Very amazing. Uh, so, wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> we do what's right that honors the Lord, even though if others don't get it, you do it anyway. Amen? Uh, turning here to Colossians chapter 2 here in verse 19. Uh, we're in the middle of the verse here, and there's the word head. A head refers to Christ, the head of the church. So we're picking this up right in the middle of the verse. And it says, the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by joints and ligaments grow with a growth which is from God. Wow. It's very important, uh, you know, getting back to uh, uh, digressing for a moment. Um, too many people here in, 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 in uh, just America have this attitude of church, take it or leave it. Then you don't understand the Apostles' Creed. It's not something you leave, you take. You must. If you're a believer, you must. And here in this verse here that we look at, could you put that back up please? In uh, Colossians chapter 2. What we see here, the entire body is being supplied and held together with, um, oh there it is, joints and ligaments. You know, in the natural here, uh, we have physical bodies. Jesus is the head of his spiritual body at the Lord's church, the holy universal Roman, uh, not Roman, Roman, Roman universal Catholic church. Uh, bodies also have internal parts that hold everything together, right? There's joints and ligaments, as uh, uh, Paul is pointing out here, that give support and structure to our physical bodies. So Paul is showing us here that we do that in the spirit realm. We supply the ligaments and the joints that hold Jesus' body together that the church can grow. Um, we need each other. That's the point. Now, Bob, you're a ligament that holds this church together. Yeah, you should see yourself that way. James, you're a ligament that holds this church together. Joanne, you're a ligament that holds this church together. Each of us play a part as ligaments and joints that are in the body of Christ, and we need to see each other as that. I need you. We need each other. You play a part here that I can't play. I play a part you can't play. We need each other and what you will do to advance the Lord's church in your day. You're that important. The Lord puts you there for that purpose. I can't be in the communion of saints without you. It becomes very important. 
So our third fill in the blank here, besides unity, what we see here is one of the most important things that we need to hold on to this side of heaven is a love for our Lord's church. You need to love it. Not the program, love it or listen it. No, no, we're not talking that. But to love it. You need to love the Lord's church. Uh, we need to have a unity here that we love it. A lot of people don't like church because church leaders or congregants have disappointed them. Uh, they made a comment, oh, they live hypocritically. They become offended. Everybody today is getting offended. Uh, they throw out the baby with the bathwater. Then they don't want to go to church anymore. Don't do that to the babies. That's not nice. Uh, you know, we, we live in an imperfect natural world. You and I. We're all under construction in the natural. But the Lord's church is perfect. It's not under construction. The spiritual realm is perfect in, what, in who we are. That we're discovering what we are in the spirit realm. So sometimes we struggle over the question, what would please God? Well, sometimes we don't find answers to that. But how about what would please the evil one? But you know what that is? That's easy to figure out. Do the opposite. And the evil one does not want to see unity in the spirit. He does not like to hate you that you would have unity. He wants you divided to do the opposite of what he wants and make him unhappy. Go please God. That's how we please God. That we stay in a unity as best as we can in the spirit. That we would grasp this. Um, because uh, we are important in the day we live in. He's brought importance upon us. Uh, the good this is in the Apostles' Creed, you don't talk about this stuff too often about the importance of being the, co the communion of saints, yet it means everything. So as I try to bring this to a close today, um, I would encourage us that we need to maintain a love of Jesus' universal church. Those that don't sit by you uh, from Sunday to Sunday, those who might attend other churches, you should have a love for their souls. Uh, don't let the evil one give us any cause to abandon that love that we should have for one another. It's just so serious. Uh, a love for the holy, universal Catholic Church, the communion of saints, this is to be believed by us, confessed out of our mouths, and practiced by us. We're not called to have an intellectual understanding of it. God one day will never examine what you had in your heads, but he will examine what you had in your hearts. He will examine what you did for his name's sake. That's for sure. Uh, but we have to have a heart devoted for a love for him. And that is seen in how we treat the Lord's church. So for me, this is my church, my koinonia for eternity. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you have given us something special, Lord, beyond our comprehension. Give us a greater understanding of it, Lord, of how we are related to one another, brothers and sisters in Christ, that my brothers and sisters are more important than us individually, that, Lord God, we live that, practice that, Father. Help in the natural, Lord. Pray for them in the spirit realm, Lord God, to see, Father, your church prosper. Your church, Father, uh, be in this generation that we live in something uh, that honors you, Father, because we choose to honor you, Lord. Uh, Father God, uh, that we would leave here today greater than when we first came in, Father, with a love for your church. We thank you for this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
on your next steps there, some things you may want to consider to take the personal prayer and meditation. Uh, you know, because, you know, for me, I have to leave her going, okay, how do I walk, walk this out? How do I walk out this communion of saints? So that's always got to be a personal call to me to do that. And uh, you as well, that we are people that will love the body of Christ and show it that way. Be blessed today. Have a great day in the Lord. Prosper in Christ. Amen.